Ah, yes, the fabled Premier League intro tune. Hope you enjoyed that, because this is the 2020-2021 Premier League season preview show here on Complaints and Observations. I got such a negative uh, amount of feedback uh, from the, uh, the reboot preview show that I did a couple months back that I just had to uh, come back again with a season preview just to annoy uh, pretty much, you know, everybody that I know. So here I am. This is hastily thrown together. Uh, I will not be running through each and every club as I uh, did the last time. Uh, I was I was not correct with my top uh, six prediction. I think I had... Um, I had Sheffield finishing, I want to say, I think I had Sheffield finishing fifth, uh, but I can't remember. Either way, very excited. Season starts tomorrow, uh, which is uh, the 12th of September. And so a uh, lot of movement, uh, a lot of uh, changes for pretty much every single club in the league with the exception of West Ham. All subtractions, no additions, because we are uh, owned by uh, two gentlemen who are just dumb. There's really no other way to put it. Uh, The ownership of the club is pretty bad, so it sort of trickles down, and uh, it shows because we're shit. And um, if we happen to make it through this particular year and manage to stay up, I will be shocked. Absolutely shocked. So, without further ado, uh, let's get into it, huh? Shall we? Uh, Last season's champions, Liverpool. Um, You know, good for them. Not the biggest fans of that particular club for a number of different reasons, but uh, I love the manager. I've said this a thousand times before. Jurgen Klopp, love the guy. I think he's a uh, a tremendous manager, a tremendous leader of men. I would imagine. You know, I mean, I obviously don't know for sure because uh, not in the room, so I don't know. But I would imagine that he is a uh, a tremendous leader of men. Plus, he's uh, he has a, a very positive outlook on life. He doesn't take it too seriously. He takes it serious enough, but not too seriously. So, um, I do not see Liverpool repeating. I do think that the top four this coming year is going to be very tight. Not like this season where the difference between the the champion and and the fourth place club, Chelsea, was 33 fucking points. I don't see that happening again. One, Chelsea's gotten much better. Two, uh, Man United's gotten much better. And three, Man City is going to win the league this year. Uh, That is a devastating club. Absolutely. They're a fucking wrecking ball. Uh, You know, missteps here and there. 
uh, missteps at the beginning of last season that really kind of fucking screwed them. But, um, you know, they scored 102 goals last year. They only gave up 35. They had far and away the best goal difference in the league. Far and away the best. They were plus 67. It's unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. So that's what leads me to believe that. Plus, they're swimming in cash. So with the, with the, uh, the transfer window not closing for another month. Actually, let me see when that closes. When does that close? This is how ill-prepared I was with this. Uh, this is the most exciting portion of the program that nobody's fucking listened to anyway. This is just for... This is, this is mainly for me. October 16th. Oh, a domestic only window. So you can only... There's only movement... All right, so the actual deadline day is October 5th. Premier League, along with the uh, English Football League, has uh, extended that by 11 days to October 16th to allow for movement amongst English clubs. Well, there's 8,000 English clubs, so I'm sure there's going to be a ton of movement after the 5th of October. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. But, so... Uh, Man City is the best uh, club. Uh, yeah, you know, very well could be the best club on the planet. I don't really know, but let's you know, let's see. Um, they already had probably the best club on the planet prior to. Uh, this window, but you know they they they've brought in players. I just <laughs> again, this is how pathetically uh, ill prepared I. I wasn't going to do it, and then this morning I was invited to to the Banshee in Dorchester to to watch football, and so um, you know here I am trying to do a preview show that <laughs> I am woefully ill prepared for. Eh, boy. Uh, they did sign Nathan uh, Aki from Bournemouth. Um, he's a defender, good player. So you know, I don't. I don't think he's going to start. I think he's going to be a bench guy. And they gave him, you know, it's a forty-one million pound fucking deal. But we'll see. I mean, he'll he'll get plenty of time uh, with them. But um. You know, it's just one of those things that, okay, this this team is already good, so now they're just basically filling spots. Whereas, you know, other clubs down the table are going to have to spend a lot more time and effort, um, you know, on building a club. But they also lost uh, <clears throat> uh, Leroy Sané, who went to Bayern Munich, and uh, the, and David Silva left. He went back to Spain. So it'll be very interesting to see, you know, what they do. But I think they'll be, like I said, I think they'll be just fine. And again, there's still another fucking month 
So my assumption is that a lot of clubs are going to get going to get better, especially clubs that have money to spend. Which there are only a few. I shouldn't say that there's like five, which is usually how it goes. Uh, like for example, Liverpool's only signed one player, Costas Simicas from Olympiacos, a backup left back. That's it. Then again, they haven't really lost anybody either. They they let uh, Adam Lallana go. He went to Brighton. Nathaniel Klein, uh, who basically is available on a free for anybody who wants him, but it is what it is. So they haven't really done much. So it's very curious to see how how that goes. Uh, other teams in the in the top six, if you will, the uh, Man United. Um, they they've only brought in one player thus far. Donny Van de Beek, great name. Uh, from Ajax, who apparently um, the the manager there at uh, at United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I'm probably mispronouncing his name. I do it all the time. But anyways, apparently he's been infatuated with this kid uh, for a long time. Because the first time he saw him play uh, was when he was managing in Norway, Molde. I believe the name of the club is pronounced. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyways, uh, Van de Beek... Um, Scored a goal in that game and also headbutted uh, the uh, the center back for Molde. Just just headbutted him for some reason. They didn't really get into why, but that's that's what happened. He headbutted him, and ever since, um, you know, Solskjaer has been um, smitten with Van de Beek, if you will. I thought that uh, going into the restart last year that Man United was was probably the club best suited uh, to move up in the standings, and they did. So they finished third. And I think they're going to be better than their third-place finish this year. I'm convinced of it. Um, they could challenge uh, to finish second. But like I said, I mean, I don't really – I don't see anybody finishing ahead of Man City this year. I really don't. Uh, Chelsea has a chance to be better. Uh, but I fucking hate Chelsea, so I could care less. Um, but, I mean, they brought in uh, Timo Werner from uh, Leipzig. Ben Chilwell from uh, Leicester came over. Tiago Silva on a free. Uh, and then uh, the other kid whose name I'm not, I'm going to butcher this kid's name from Bayern Leverkusen, uh, Kai Havertz. Butchered name. Um. But, I mean, they're spending, spending money out the fucking ass. And apparently, um, recently, they just brought in ooh, do, 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 the goalie, Mendy. Um, from where the fuck did he play? I don't even know. But, anywho. Um, so, I mean, they're just getting better. And apparently, they're going to dabble in Declan Rice, in which case I will be very upset. Um... But, you know, who knows? The other thing with uh, with Chelsea is just having Christian Pulisic on that club is painful. Uh, but, you know, Pulisic is so fun to watch. He is so fucking fun to watch. So it, it, it'll be... It sucks to see him score goals for that club because I hate them so much. Uh, but, you know, I, you can't do anything but... Be, be be happy uh, 
to see him play well because it just reflects well uh, on the uh, the United States men's national team, which I'm sure we'll find a way to fuck that whole thing up. I mean, the planet is currently littered with American players moving all over the place. Barcelona, PSG, Juventus, Chelsea. It's unreal. Like If they don't fucking do well in the next World Cup, it's going to be a really goddamn disappointment. They have to qualify first. But it'd be a real goddamn disappointment if they don't do well. I think it's 2022. Yeah, 2022. So uh, be very interesting. Anyways, Chelsea, all they're doing is adding players all over the place. They're going to be very good. Um, they're going to challenge um, United to finish second in the league. <clears throat> and look, if things break well for Chelsea, it wouldn't surprise me if they kept it pretty tight with City for the, for the you know majority of the season. Because they didn't really lose any. I mean, they lost... Uh, Willian, who went to Arsenal, and Pedro, who went to Italy. But, you know, impact players, not really. Bunch of kids on loan. But all they're doing is just fucking signing studs all over the place. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes. So, um, but seriously, though, fuck Chelsea. And also fuck Spurs. But they didn't really... They didn't do a ton, with the exception of bringing in the immortal Joe Hart. Why? I don't know. And apparently I'm not alone in why. I'm not sure. He's just, Unfortunately, he's not good anymore. Um, but yeah. Uh, puzzling. Puzzling. Uh... They also brought in um, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg from Southampton. Good player. So be curious to see what they do. They're going to implode, though, just because their manager is a tool shed. I mean, Jose Mourinho, interesting fella, but just kind of a meh. You know what I mean? Um, They didn't really... They lost... uh, They let Jan Vertonghen go. And, uh, and Kyle Walker-Peters, who went to Southampton. So, uh, interesting. They also loaned um, Troy Parrott, the uh, English kid, striker, to Millwall. But fuck Millwall. Uh, apparently, I'm obligated to say that just because I'm a West Ham fan. So, fuck Millwall. Yeah. I mean, fuck Spurs anyways, just because you know, I don't really like Spurs. And Chelsea, same thing. It's a London thing, you know? You know what I mean, right? <laughs> But yeah, so there you go. Um, Lester, Lester finished fifth, and it really uh, struggled for for most of the restart. The last five games of the season, one, one, and three, no good. I mean, they had a chance to finish fourth, and they didn't. Um. I mean, Chelsea lost two games in the last five, uh, so it was tough to see uh, Leicester not put more put up more of a fight, if you will. Um, but I mean, they haven't done anything really either. So they've lost players. Um, they signed some kid from Atlanta whose name eludes me at the moment, but they haven't done much. They lost Ben Chilwell, so now they have a bit of a hole. Um, but it'll be curious to see what, 
what they do. Uh, good manager. Brendan Rodgers is a good manager. And, you know, he had them playing pretty well uh, right up until the last, say, six or seven games of the restart, uh, which bumped them out of the uh, Champion League, Champions League place. So now they have to play uh, Europa League. So, you know, it'll be curious to see uh, how they play. I don't see them finishing in the top five because I really think Arsenal's going to play pretty well. I don't think Arsenal's going to suck uh, nearly as bad as they should. They have brought in a fucking boatload of players um, on free transfers, a couple of loans, a lot of players um, that they brought in. So, it, Plus, they've re-signed um, uh, Obama Yang, so it'll be, you know, he'll be happy at the very least, right? But they should be better. They should be better. I don't expect them to be great, but they should be better. Whereas um, Wolves... Wolves should be fine. They're going to be Wolves. But I think... Honestly, I think that team was just gassed more than anything else because they played a lot of football. A lot. And... uh, But they didn't... They didn't really... They didn't bring in any world beaters. They brought in Fabio Silver from Porto. So it, it'll be interesting to see how he fits. Very, very young kid. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he fits with the club. Um, but that's it. You know, they haven't really made any moves again, but there's so much time left. So, I mean, this is a very sort of preemptive, um, you know, preview here. So, um. There's really nobody else of interest. I mean, Newcastle is going to get better. Um, basically, because they've they've raided the regulated teams, they signed Callum Wilson and Ryan Frazier from uh, from Bournemouth and Jamal Lewis from Norwich. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Like I said, they should they should be better. Do I think they're going to be tremendous? No, I think some of the club the clubs that are coming up like Leeds. Uh, Leeds spent a ton of money as well to bring in a bunch of players. They should be okay. Uh, West Brom. The thing with West Brom is that they kept uh, or or signed per- on permanent deals two players that they brought in on loan. Mateus Pereira from, uh, from um, uh, Sporting Lisbon. Who was apparently voted like their you know fans choice player of the year. And of course, uh, Grady Diangana, who did not want to leave West Ham for some weird ass reason, but West Ham sold him anyway. So now is a good time to dive deep into the depression that is West Ham United.
pretty bubbles everywhere, huh? Isn't that a great song? It's depressing as fuck, which really fits as the uh, the, the the theme, if you will, uh, for my beloved Hammers, uh, West Ham United. So, it has been a tumultuous off-season. Tumultuous, I think, is a sound way uh, to describe the club as a whole in its current state. Um, the ownership group is... Uh, how, what's the best way to put it? Out of touch, perhaps? Uh, you've got... <clears throat> You've got two guys uh, who've made their money in a number of different ways, but mainly um, as purveyors of dildos, which uh, which is always entertaining. That this the club that I uh, chose and have since fallen in love with is owned by dildo pushers, the famed uh, English or UK-based website, ansummers.com. Take a look. It's essentially the the UK version of Adam and Eve for those uh, dildo purchasers here in America. I'm sure you're quite familiar. Perverts. So they're not, um, you know, they're not the... They're not they're not the most um, in touch bunch. Uh, you know, if you look at it from strictly a business sort of point of view, owning a Premier League club is wildly profitable. I mean, absurdly profitable. So the whole goal, really, is stay up, don't get relegated. Sell out your your stadium, and and you'll be swimming in cash. And and, and look, that's what these guys have managed to do. Um, you know, over the course of the last what I think seven or eight years that they've owned the club. So you know, look, if we're gonna be honest, I mean, you can't fault them for that. Like they're doing what they want to do to make money because it's a business. And unfortunately, there's a lot of it, it's a I have learned that, you know, English football is a very, very um, parochial thing where you're born into a fandom. And unlike here in America, where there are numerous distractions for sports, there are very few um, in in England. So. You know, there are rabid, rabid supporters of these clubs. I mean, absurdly rabid supporters. Like, I'm a fan. I'm a supporter. And I love the club. But these people make me look like fucking chopped liver. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You know, and, and being relatively new supporter to the club, you know, I don't have that same sort of attachment to the history of the team. So I don't really... You know, I'm not married to them like some of some of the other uh, lifelong supporters are where it's passed down 
from generation to generation to generation. I mean, 120 years, 125 years of history with the club. That's how long they've been around. You know, so it's it's much, much different. So the attachment is huge. So that they, it's hard to sort of separate the fandom with uh, the business side of things. So a lot of longtime supporters have a very difficult time sort of wrapping their head around the fact that the ownership they own the team not because they're fans. They own the team because they know it's a gigantic moneymaker. And they're making a ton of money. Once you sort of separate those two, you, you know, you get a better understanding of, um, of who these people are that own the team. But at the same time, I mean, it, you can still make a ton of money by having a better fucking product on the field. Yet they only, they do just enough to stay up, which is something that I've realized more and more over the course of, say, the last three years. The, the last season that they had at the Bowling Ground, where they, they owned the building, it was a, a storied building, a historic building, if you will, in, in the lore of English football. They own the club. They own the, the stadium. I apologize. Well, they left after their best season in decades. They finished they finished 10th. No, they finished 7th. I'm sorry. They finished 7th. What am I saying? Uh, and it all it's been all downhill since then. They let uh, Dimitri Payet go, who was, I shouldn't say they let him go, but, you know, it was, uh, tumultuous, if you will, probably the best way to put it, but it was the best, it was the best goddamn season they've had in, in forever, I mean, it was terrific, yeah, seventh, man, oh man, Here we go. Twenty fifth, yeah, seventh. Four points out of fifth. Two points ahead of Liverpool. Twelve points ahead of Chelsea. It was a magical season. I mean, they had a fucking positive uh, goal differential, plus fourteen, which never happens. But I mean, look, you know, the club was uh, much, much better. Much, much better. And Dimitri Payet obviously was he that kid was a world class player. World class. Could have been a fucking legend if he stuck around, but he was homesick. He went back to France. So fuck that guy. But now here we are. I got off track there, I'm sorry. But now here we are. Um and this season does not look good. Now, if they managed to keep things together. They should be good enough to finish pretty much where they finished last year, which was 15th. There is no reason for them to finish lower than that unless the whole fucking thing implodes. The big fucking albatross in the room is Declan Rice, who is, um, you know, a top quality midfielder. I mean... He is, he's 
a world-class midfielder. He starts at, at central defense for the English national team. He's very good. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. He's getting better offensively. Uh, and he's worth a ton of money. Chelsea's been sniffing around for the last two years now, so it's just a matter of time before he's gone. But to me, you got to hold on to him for this season. When this, once the season's over, then you can then you can sell him. But if you have any sort of uh, design on staying up this year, you have to hold on to him because there's nothing to replace him with. And I don't care what they... You know, I'm reading today that Chelsea's preparing a 45 uh, uh, million pound uh, offer. Not enough. You need to fucking double that. Well, not double it, but you need to, you got to put a price on them, and it has to be at least 70 million minimum. Because you have to make a play to either keep him this year or get enough that you can improve your club significantly enough to stay up. And thus far, they haven't done it. The fact that they stayed up last year allowed them to keep uh, Thomas Suchek, who was fantastic in the restart. He was fantastic. Him and uh, Mikel Antonio were their two best players, hands down. So having him back for the entire season is going to be a, a, a benefit for them. And the manager, who I'm not the biggest David Moyes fan, uh, but he managed to kind of get them together for the last five uh, games of the season and, and really sort of make that push to stay up. Um, you know, they lost the last game of the year, but it didn't matter. You know, they were already fine. But, I mean, they only they only finished with 39 points. It's not good. They, 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 they lost 19 fucking games. That's gross. It's gross. But, I mean, the last five matches of the year, two draws and two wins and a loss, I mean, that was enough to keep them up. That's exactly what they needed. Um, so it'll be, you know, it's it's just, it's one of those things that you know what they need to do. Um, you know that they need to improve uh, in certain areas. So it's it's tough to imagine them being able to do that, given that they they just haven't done anything. And, and part of the reason is, you know, they, they want to sell players in order to fund uh, purchases uh, uh, to improve the team. So that's where Grady Diangana came in, who was... Uh, you know, everybody on the team was raving about how great he was playing. He went to West Brom last year on loan and was fantastic. Fantastic. And he helped that team uh, uh, win the championship playoff to get promoted. So, you know, the two preseason games that he played in, you know, the, the, the players were raving about him, saying how great he was. He made two dynamic passes uh, in a preseason match. Uh, to Sebastian Haller, set him up for goals. And it was just, it was one of those things where you watch and you're like, wow, this is what, this is what this could be. It'd be terrific. Uh, however, uh, you know, he was the only sort of sought after player 
that they have that or that they were willing to sell and they sold them at a cut rate price a cut rate price to a club who who they're going to have to compete with now to stay up west brom who is managed by their former manager so it's one of these it's just a it's a whole sort of swirling of shit and you know they're making a play uh, for a defender whose whose name I can't remember at the moment, but who has said that he does not want to, he doesn't want to go there. The family doesn't want to go to London, so he's going to reject every move. Uh, and they've come back twice with different offers, somehow thinking that this guy's going to change his fucking mind. It's like, look, move on, build a bridge, move on. So now you know they're always going to get connected to these. These bums, like, you know, they were talking about Shane Duffy. It's like, look, Shane Duffy's a decent player, a decent center back, but is that what they need? No. And even Shane Duffy's like, nah, fuck you. I'm going to Celtic instead. Fucking Shane Duffy has the balls to fucking turn down uh, a, a, a London-based Premier League club. Yeah, he does. Because we're fucking run by idiots. So it's going to be exceptionally difficult uh one to um to maintain interest really uh throughout the season i mean i know that they're gonna lose tomorrow at at the very least they're not gonna win if they get a point out of it i'll be thrilled but you know they're not gonna they're not gonna win tomorrow like newcastle is is better than them my guess is that andy carroll scores two goals late and it'll be a a 2-2 draw that's my that's my yeah my 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 hot take but it'll be fun i've come to thoroughly enjoy the premier league and i've thoroughly come to enjoy soccer slash uh, football way more over the course of the last five years so uh, i'm looking forward to this to this season i'm looking forward to I'm really looking forward to the next four weeks to see how the transfer window plays out, to see if West Ham actually does anything. Uh, like I said, they're trying to, to sell a, a couple of players, and my guess is that they're going to be picky about what they get for certain players, but at this point, they have no room to be picky. If you take losses on guys, you may as well just fucking suck it up and take what you can get in order to make some money to improve your club. So, uh, but that's it. That's it for the show. A hastily thrown together preview episode that no one's going to listen to anyway. So who the fuck cares? Except for me. I enjoy talking into microphones. Weird, huh? Hopefully this new mic doesn't sound like shit. Hopefully the movement of the chairs doesn't, uh, you know, pick up all the time. But, you know. Anyway, that'll do. Listen, uh, enjoy the season. Come on, you irons. And until uh, next time, Godspeed. Ta-ta.